Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MoPod, brought to you by MoDate, where we discuss all things modern orthodoxy from dating to the Upper West Side and everything in between. I'm your host, Evan Harris, and we have a great guest for you today. Let's get to it. Today, we're sitting down with Tali Ramres. How are you, Tali? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. So we're doing this podcast. I asked you a while ago, but you initially declined and recently decided that you were ready to come on the MoPod to talk about your teaching career. But before we get into that, let's talk about who you are, where you're from, and just give the listeners some background information. Sure. Um, I'm Tali. I'm from Teaneck, grew up in Teaneck. Just moved to the West Side about a year ago. Um, I wouldn't say just. Teaching... A, year? a year is pretty short. I wouldn't say just, no. For a year, I wouldn't say just. I moved to the West Side about a year ago. <laughs> um, and Yeah, I've been teaching for coming school yoga my third year and so how do we know each other what would you how would you say this relationship formed such a good question Evan um I'd give the credit to Sarah Berger and Noah Eliach that's that's where I think the relationship has formed and it's blossomed since then I'd say uh yeah for sure that's true that's true and so you used to be good friends with also some of my other <laughs> friends. And so it's nice that we have a lot of a lot of different friend groups that there's potential for. Anyway, so you are now a teacher. You said you've been teaching for how long? Uh, it's been two years. And at the same time, like you're you're kind of a kid yourself, would you say? So, I would say so. Yeah. So do you ever think about how like less than. 10 years ago you also had these yeshiva school teachers and (laughs) now you are one yourself yeah I do I think it's also different I teach elementary school so I there actually is like a pretty big age gap with my kids like the oldest grade I've taught was fifth um so that's more like that's still a big gap that was a long time ago um but yeah, like some of my teachers in high school were probably around my age now. And that's pretty crazy to think about. I, I would never be able to do that. That's a pretty small gap. My kids have no concept of how old I am, though. Um, on my birthday this year, I asked them how old they thought I was turning. And their first reaction was 18. And I said, no, try again. And their next guest was 40. So they like have no idea what's flying when it comes to age. So it doesn't, it doesn't affect them so much. Happy birthday. And so... <laughs> You are teaching, okay, elementary school kids. And yeah. at the same time, you probably remember some of your elementary school teachers and remember things that maybe you found were not the smartest from, let's say, your teachers. I'm wondering, how do you deal with that pressure of knowing that these kids might remember you for the rest of their lives? Great question. comes to the small mistakes, that actually does make me really nervous. But then we just play it off as like, this was a teaching moment. And I'd be like, see, everyone makes mistakes. Even teachers and grownups make mistakes. Um, but when it comes to actual things, like the actual pressure of knowing that I, I hope to be having an impact, I hope that they remember me. Um, I think it helps for me to think about my experiences and think about the teachers that I remember for good and for bad. Um, and I try to, you know, keep that in mind um, in situations and hope. Yeah, and hope that I'm making decisions that will be remembered for the good and not not the bad. Like it's almost a good pressure. Like I, I hope it's be making an impact forever. So if I remind myself of that, then it sort of keeps me on my toes. Okay, that's a good answer. So what do you actually teach? 
Uh, great question. Uh, the past two years I taught third and fourth grade general studies. So that's math, reading, writing, social studies. Um, some highlights, we start multiplication in third grade, division fourth. So that's, that's a big one. We learn about the solar system. Um, what else we got? Did you see the Lots new pictures? Uh, they were just sent to me by my good friend, Sarah Berger, and I did not have a chance to peek at them yet, but I'm very excited to. I mean, what do you mean? It's like a, it's like one or two pit. Like you could just have to look at like one busy, picture. Evan. I'm very busy. Okay. Uh, so you're teaching all these different subjects, but would you consider yourself an expert in these subjects? Certainly not. Certainly not. Um, and that's part of why elementary school is part of why it interested me. But one of the perks of elementary school is that you're mostly focusing on like how to teach. Like I don't have to teach myself material before I teach it. When I prep a lesson, I'm not teaching myself the material. I'm figuring out the best way to like teach the material or break down the material. Um, Rosenberg teaches high school. A lot of times she'll like have to sit down and teach herself the Ramban and make sure she understands it before she figures out how to teach it. So I sort of skip that first step. This is all stuff that I, that I know pretty simply. Um, maybe I need a quick reminder, but I know it. And then my job is to just break it down and make it engaging and understandable for nine-year-olds. But are it's pretty you, simple stuff. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Such a good question. Um, in some ways, I'd say yes. For some fifth graders, perhaps not. And that's okay. Okay. That's, that's a very fair and honest answer. So <laughs> when did you decide that you wanted to be a teacher? Ooh, um, a pretty distinct moment. I never knew what I wanted to do. Growing up. That's a lie. Growing up, I was like, I want to be a fashion designer or like an artist. Um, had very like amorphous plans for that. Is and that then, what you sounded like? Was that your voice? That's what my students sound like. Okay. Um. Uh, applied to FIT at a high school, was definitely planning on going that route. And then, but was sort of like nervous about it. Didn't really know what to expect. Wasn't like super, I was into it, but I didn't, I don't know, something about it didn't feel right. And then actually my year in Israel, we were sitting in this like random yeshiv with these random women. And they were talking about how, like, if there's something that you love and that you're told you're good at and that you enjoy doing, like, stop looking for a job. That's your job. And I was like, oh my God, I love kids. And I've always enjoyed, you know, like babysitting and camp and groups and shul and stuff. And I've always been told I'm pretty good at it. And maybe, maybe that's it. And then it was, and then I ran with that. And I'm very pleased that I did. Okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. So this is obviously the Mopod, which stems from Modate. So we got to touch on dating a little. Some of our listeners have told me that we actually don't talk about dating enough on the Mopod. And wow. Yeah, I get some hate mail. And so I'm wondering, do your students ever ask you if you're married? They do ask me if I'm married. It's more so they're confused that I'm not. I'll say things like, oh, my roommate. And they'll be like, but where does your husband sleep? Like, but what about your husband? You don't have a husband? Um, my favorite story is I was telling a student, you know, we do like journal entries on Monday mornings about their weekend. So I was sharing what I did over the weekend. And I said, Miss um, Mama's had a really nice time in her apartment over the weekend. She had some friends over for lunch. And one of my students, like his hands, like immediately in the air. He's like, Miss Mama, do you live in an apartment? I said, yeah. He's like, does that mean you're dating? And I was like, I don't know what context he has. His oldest sister is like a freshman in high school. I don't understand where he got that from. Um, 
but yeah, they're they're figuring it out. They're not fully sure. Is it annoying to to have this have these questions? Like, what are the most annoying questions you get? No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Also, they're little enough. If I taught like middle school or high school and they were asking me these things, I'd be like, mess with me and you're like trying to get in my head and, and it would probably work. These kids are so little. They have like, it's just adorable. They have no idea what they're doing and they have no frame of reference. Like I'm an adult and all the adults they know are like their parents and their friend's parents. So that's just their, their frame of reference, but yeah, not at all. Okay. That's good. So you're actually in the process. So it's the summer right now. And mm-hmm. the, one of the perks of being a teacher is obviously that you don't have work during the summer, but yeah. Besides for preparing for the next year and all that. And we obviously respect that and acknowledge that as actual work. <laughs> and so, but you're actually in the process of switching schools. We're not going to name yes. any schools here because mm-hmm. that would be incredibly inappropriate. And so <laughs> I'm wondering, how did you, how does becoming a teacher work? Like I work in business and a lot mm-hmm. of people that I know work in business. And so there's like LinkedIn and networking and all this stuff. So how do you actually like apply to become a teacher and how do you switch jobs? Ah, another really good question. Thank you. So I don't know if I, <laughs> you should like have a podcast or something. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I did it the right way. That's the truth. Um, when I was in college, I ended up school. I started out because I like knew people there and they were like, when are you coming to work for us? When are you coming to work for us? And then when I got my degree, I was like, okay, great. I'll come, I'll come work for them. And then when it came to switching, I actually also wasn't sure of the like official process because I didn't really apply to schools the first time I, I knew where I was going. Um, so I sort of just emailed people and sent them my resume and emailed the principals and said like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I am. Um, let me know if you have anything. Um, and it ended up working. But I, I still I still don't know if that's the official process I'm supposed to go through. But also I was applying within the Yeshiva Day school system and a lot of like networking and connections and and it's a pretty chill um it's pretty chill when it comes to like the formalities of like careers and and business you know like it's not as formal as like the corporate world or things like that so you wanted to leave like you were seeking a new opportunity uh i was very bittersweetly but yeah i was it was time what how do you know that one school is gonna be better than another school say that part part of my switch was was a logistics issue um so that you know sort of made it like this new school that I'm going to is definitely logistically easier um I think speaking to teachers all schools have their pros and cons for sure I think um speaking to teachers who are there um you just you really it, it is easy to get a sense people speak in a certain way of their school and like the community of their school I know I was sort of looking for certain buzzwords and people spoke about the school where I was going like um, community, like everyone's really a team, everyone works together. Um, things like progressive education or innovative education, creativity, like those were things that I was looking for. Um, I found speaking to people who work there was definitely the most helpful and knowing, um, but yeah. Okay, so for all those listening, even though we can't know the names of the schools, we know that Talia lives on the Upper West Side. <laughs> And things are getting logistically easier and she teaches elementary schools. So you could definitely formulate some guesses and DM us on Instagram with your guesses as to where she's leaving and where she's going. So anyway, back to the dating subject. Mm. So you said it doesn't bother you all these questions about being married. And for, 
and I, I hope this is okay to say for, for our mm-hmm. listeners, but you're not 18 or 40. You recently turned 24 years old. And Correct. so you're still, I mean, I don't think there should be pressure on anyone at any age to get mm-hmm. married. Everyone should do it when they're ready and they find the right person. But the outside world is not putting enormous amounts of pressure on you yet to get married. However, I'm sure you have some colleagues, coworkers, whichever word you prefer to use, that are older than you, maybe like five, 10 years older than you, that 15 years older than you, however many years older than you, that are single and do feel that pressure a lot more heavily to get married. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they're getting these questions from little kids and it probably hurts them. So I want you to just speak on that and what you think about that. Ooh, really good point. The first thing I would say is that anyone who is a teacher, and I had to learn this pretty quickly, as much as elementary kids and elementary school kids are like sweet and cute and funny and adorable and have no idea what's going on in the world, you also do have to have some pretty thick skin because they do say things. Um, whether they're meaning to hurt you because they're annoyed that you gave them a bad grade on their test or because they genuinely don't realize. So things like you'll bring them a tree and they'll be like, you chose such a bad tree. Like, they'll be right out of the room in tears when they did it to me the first time. So you do learn. I'm kidding, I didn't. But you in prob- theory, I could have. It was probably a yellow <laughs> Laffy Taffy. That's my guess. You probably gave someone a yellow Laffy Taffy. You know those are my favorite. That's ridiculous. Okay, yeah, keep going. <laughs> um... Yeah, so you do you do develop pretty thick skin and you learn that they're doing it because they're unhappy with you for whatever silly reason or that they genuinely have no idea what's going on. So it's not a personal thing. Um, we do. I speak a lot in my classroom about, I'm really big on the social skills and developing life skills in the classroom. That's really my goal. Like multiplication skills, great. You'll have a calculator your entire life um, and you'll be able to get by. So we talk a lot about, you know, appropriate conversations. So even when they'd ask me, you know, like, do you have a husband? We'd say, I'd say like, I don't. Should we always ask teachers that question? Things like that. And sort of like guiding them in like the right appropriate, like socially appropriate social skills. That's really what it is. Um, and then there are certain situations where we do tell them to handle things more sensitively, um, more sensitive than, than the dating aspect, I guess. Um, but yeah, we do try to teach them how to handle sensitive topics and how to be sensitive to people. Um, but I'd say from the teacher's perspective, like what, what they do to cope with it, I, I do think that they, you know, it's painful, but they, they develop thick skin and, and kids are kids, you know? Okay. Veering off to a completely different topic. So Mm -hmm. why are social studies called social studies? Such a good question. Here's my theory on it. I think that the social studies, I don't know, actually, I was going to say the social studies that we're taught, maybe like our fringe social studies, like we consider our, oh, we consider it science or social studies. You know what, Evan Harris? I have no idea. I couldn't okay. tell you. So that's, that's very nice of you to be honest and admit when you don't know something. Is that something that you find in your profession a lot? I, I told you, it's, anytime I don't know anything, I'll say, wow, even mowers don't know things. It's Okay. The best excuse. How did you come up with your mower name? Ooh, I actually so I'm I'm called Miss Ramras typically, um, which I love. Um, 
and I originally wanted to be Miss Tally just because I'm like young and I thought it'd be more fun and Miss Ramos felt really formal um and the school I was at said no you teach English so you have to be Miss Ramos and I said okay <laughs> is that weird for you considering your last name is Ramras uh interesting you should ask my last name is actually Ramra yeah sure okay so we're able to get that really quickly Evan Harris my third and fourth graders were actually able to pick up on that real quick yeah I think everyone knows it's Ramras anyway <laughs> so do you have like a connection with other teachers on the west side like is there like a teacher group a teacher coalition that people who teach get along discuss other notes and and what really what really goes into homework for you like how much time do you Ooh. find yourself putting in at night two different questions um i'll start with the first one there is not a coalition that i know of if there is let me know i'd love to be a part of it um i do find though that teaching on the one hand i love my job because i think that i love about my job is that i think everyone can relate to it like everyone's had teachers and everyone has like everyone understands what i do like, I'm not like, you know, when I go to meals and people ask me what I do, everyone's like, oh, you're a teacher. It's not some like obscure thing that I have to explain. Everyone gets it and relates to it um, and can like have a nice conversation about it, which is fun. Hopefully they have fond memories to discuss from their school days. Um, but I also do think that because people relate to it so much, I think they know more or understand more of what's going on. Perspective. And then meeting other teachers, there's like this immediate understanding and connection of like what we actually go through I find so like I don't know if there's an official coalition but when I meet someone else who's a teacher I'm super juiced about it and I feel like we can relate on a very specific way do you think or in a very specific way do you think the rest of the world poo-poos teachers do you think we don't give teachers enough credit I don't I don't know I can't decide um necessarily feel poo-pooed I think people when they actually think about it are like, oh yeah, teachers are so important. What they do is so important. Uh, I guess I do think that, well, first of all, from like a, a professional standpoint, like, do we get paid enough? Certainly not. Hot take. Um, but so professionally, maybe it's not taken so seriously. Um, I think when people sit and think about it, and even like when I'll tell stories to people, they'll be like, oh my God, wow. Like you're really a teacher. Like you really, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's intentional poo-pooing, um, but I don't think people realize what goes into it. So I guess overall, I'd say I do feel appreciated as a teacher, but I feel, I feel appreciated as a human, as a teacher, but I would say overall are underappreciated. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So back to the homework okay. question, you yeah. obviously put in time. So this is part of the appreciation factor because a lot of people might be thinking, oh, teachers, they work from whatever it is, nine to elementary school, nine to 345 or something like that and then they go home and in the summers they have off so that's why what might come to this public perception of teachers and mm -hmm. also the financial aspect but you obviously have to put in time over like at night which a lot of other jobs might not have to do and so just want to hear more about that sure um it actually depends you know some people have a very strict like they don't leave school until their lesson is planned policy so they don't do much at night um some people prefer to spend you know their prep periods and their lunches preparing in school so that they don't have to do it at night i was sort of in between um i it depended you know where i was at what my mood was grading planning uh even things like choosing a novel right it, it's really difficult to choose i mean there should be 
there are much bigger difficulties in the world, but it's hard. Like there was a lot of research that went into like choosing the next novel. We had to consider this theme we wanted to discuss. We had to consider all the different reading levels. We had to consider what the kids would be engaged in and interested in. We had to consider if there were any like sensitivities particular to this grade or this group of kids, you know, you know, we can't read this book because that's going to hit too close to home for a, a kid or two. So that stuff takes effort. I would say when I feel the most underappreciated or, or the area that I think people don't realize most is not the prep work and the grading work. That's the simplest part of my job. I would say, first of all, it's the, you're performing all day long. I didn't realize how much of like an actress I would have to be as a teacher. You're, first of all, you're on your feet and you're on like friends or certain jobs where you can like take a break at your computer and, you know, text your friend back or whatever. Like if my students are around, I can't, like if I'm on, I'm on, you know, there's, there's not that break time unless I run to the bathroom or whatever. Um, but also there's like the emotional exhaustion of investing in these kids. Like what happens in my classroom is way more difficult and interesting than the prep work and the homework aspect. Um, managing social situations, managing home situations, communicating with parents, building kids' confidence, um, dealing with kids who are struggling academically or socially, um, making sure I'm teaching those like life skills and lessons, like the respect and the confidence and the independence, things like that. That's definitely the, the most exhausting part of my job. So the whole like in the summers or, and then like, oh no, but we do work in the summers. I'm like, that, that's not even close to the hardest part of our job is like the prep work we have to go into. I find, I actually love that part, but so yeah. Okay. That's my take on it. Very, very fair. All right. So you're going from a more classic modern Orthodox school to a pluralistic non-denominational school and I'm wondering if you think that you'll see a difference with elementary school kids I do think there will be a difference for sure I think first of all kids in the city live a very different life from kids not in the city and their perspective is very different um I think the communities in the city like city communities have different priorities and different values um communities outside of the city um, I do. So I do expect that to be different. Ultimately, again, kids are kids, uh, which is why I love teaching because kids are hilarious. Um, so like at its core, I think it'll be the same. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there will be different. Uh, I'll see the difference in values with the kids. I think I do. So moving on to the newest segment on the Mopod, let me paint you a picture where I'm going to describe you a dating situation and you tell me what you think the person should do. Mm-hmm. So it's a first date. Okay. Scott, Scott takes Jane to a coffee shop. And on the walk there, things are going smoothly. It's a good conversation. Things are flowing. We got laughter. And then, and it was from a very trustworthy source. You know, when suggestions are from a trustworthy source, so it mm. makes you feel better about it. And the phone, the phone call was great. And so all of a sudden at the coffee shop, Scott asked Jane if she wants regular milk or almond milk. Jane, it's says, pronounced almond. Jane says, do you mean almond milk? Mm-hmm. Scott proceeds to go on a five minute rant as to how when you put the letters A-L-M-O-N together, as in salmon, it's pronounced salmon. And so <laughs> why would almond be pronounced almond and then it's a whole situation and Scott's talking about it for like five minutes. Then that topic dies. She wants regular milk anyway. And the rest of the date goes fine. Do you think this is enough of a red flag on a first date to not go on a second? Mm. 
My first question for you before I analyze is, was this chosen because I'm a teacher and it's about dictation and decoding reading? No. Oh, great. Good choice. Um, Like, is it a bit? Like, is this like him trying to like be funny or is he dead serious? He is dead serious. I think it would throw me off. It probably shouldn't throw me off. It's definitely something that I would, I would, uh, I would notice. You know, okay. it would stick with me. Okay. Moving on to everyone's favorite segment, the Mopod lightning round. I'm just going to fire off some quick questions. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? I'm sweating. Yeah. Okay. Are zebras white with black stripes or black with white stripes? White with black stripes. Okay. Cashews or Evans? Uh, cashews. What is the best grade to teach? Third. What's more important, educational skills or social skills? Social skills. Five towns or T-neck? <laughs> T-neck. No, wrong answer. What are phonics? No. <laughs> this is bad. I just had a training course in phonics. Uh, like make the, the grapheme to sound connection, I think, is the official rule. Thank you, Tali Ramrath, for coming on the Mopod. Anything else you want our listeners to know before we sign off? Uh, yeah, it's pronounced Ramrath. Okay, it's also pronounced Ammon. Pump the volume. <laughs>